Jordan Freed. And I'm Reena Ezra. And we are here to bring you a wonderful episode because we have a wonderful guest. Please welcome to the podcast, filmmaker, director, producer, Robin Camp. Thank you, Robin, for being here with us. Thank you all for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Yeah. Where, where Happy you, Pride. Happy Pride, indeed, yeah. So how has the Pride season been for you so far? We kind of got a little bit uh, before this, but what, uh, what are you looking forward to and what else is in like your immediate horizon right now? Well, we're coming off of a huge weekend down here in Monmouth County. Uh, it was the 31st Pride Parade and Festival uh, in Asbury Park. And uh, as I said before, it was probably, although there's no verification just yet, but they think it was the biggest one ever and even exceeding possibly the Belmar St. Patrick's Day Parade, which is notoriously the biggest parade ever in Monmouth County. Yeah, so, man. yeah. So there's that. just a, a, such a great energy that it's just so much fun. I mean, we've been going since Friday night, the garden city quality ball was Friday night, uh, followed by a political rally because primary day is coming up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, uh, LGBT candidates that, uh, need to be recognized, including my wife. Mm-hmm. So uh, who would make history if elected? Heck yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then um, Sunday's Pride Parade and then subsequent, uh, they call it the festival, was just absolutely huge. But it's continuing uh, all month long here in Long Branch. Uh, I I had started a couple of years back a group called Community with Unity being all in cap mm-hmm. capital letters. Uh, because I live in the city of Long Branch, and they had never recognized Pride, even though we're next-door neighbors of Asbury Park. So uh, I, along with a group of people named Community, uh, uh, we lobbied for them to recognize Pride Month in Long Branch a couple of years back, which they have. Last year was the first Pride flag-raising ceremony, which is coming up on June 10th, this Saturday, at 7 p.m. at West End Park. And then we're also having other events that will tag along with that. And then on June 17th, at 7 p.m. at the Long Branch Cultural Center, we are having a Pride comedy night, which will feature uh, local LGBT or LGBT-allied ally uh comics uh that that are, are really it's going to be a fun fun evening and it's free so come on out oh nice Ooh, yeah. yeah you hear that people you got a lot of fun stuff coming up yeah um, we do i mean you know what compared to what it used to be i mean i've lived in long branch for 17 years and the fact that our the the list is so extensive now as to what the the, the pride events are, are going to be over the course of the next month it's just it really it really makes it really warms my heart. So but. yeah, well, it's a cool thing because like it is always a celebration, right? It's it's a celebration, and like part of it is having fun and having fun things to do there, and because it's it you know it's just so amazing how far it's come. So like I'm, I'm kind of yeah. curious like for you like how how has like the pride experience and pride parade like everything about it like changed from like over the years of you going and you just being a part of different pride communities and different areas well again in terms of size and scope i mean it's huge 20 years ago the pride parade in asbury park uh, probably lasted three minutes and if you blinked you'd miss <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, this parade was huge. And the numbers, you know, everybody up and down the parade route, it's a two mile long parade route. And we end at convention hall by the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just amazing. I, you know, it gives you goosebumps. And it's just such a warm feeling to know because all we see in the press and the media is all the negativity and all the, the people that are, you know, are, are against uh, any and all LGBT related events and rights uh, to see these people lined up and down the streets. is just, again, it, it, it really warms my heart. So, yeah. um, Robin, I just wanted to let the listeners know that we first met you at Garden State Film Festival. Um, in Asbury Park. Uh, just to, can you let everybody know your affiliation with the film festival and why you were there and, you know, the, we know the film, but for those listening. Yeah, sure. Um, the Garden State Film Festival, I'm on the, their board of directors. I've served on their board of directors for, I think, about five years now, but I've been affiliated with them way, way long ago before they became a festival. Um, but then... Subsequent to that, my, my own film uh, was was in it in 2016 or 17, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, and then won, subsequently won. So, uh, and then after that, I was asked to become part of their board of directors. So, uh, yeah, I, I love the festival. As you guys know, it's a phenomenal group of people, yeah, of artists that uh, extraordinaire that you know, really uh, provides an opportunity for all of us to network and, and grow together as a, as an art community. So, yeah. How, yeah. How, how do you think, cause you said you saw them and have been working with them since the beginning. How do you think they've been able to grow in a way that really exhibits local New Jersey so well and still has like the touches of Hollywood uh, throughout it? Like how, how do you like, was there anything that you saw that they did to get kind of that feel that it had this year? Well, I think they've always maintained a local feel to it mm-hmm. and, and really have given opportunities to local filmmakers to show, to show their art. Uh, and I continue to call it art because it is art. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in yeah. the schools, they refer to, uh, you know, the, the acronym, acronym STEAM, mm-hmm. which stands for science, technology, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> arts and uh and mathematics Hmm. and people don't think enough that filmmakers filmmaking is art so any chance i get to be on a platform i'll i'll always bring that that into the into the conversation into the conversation so yeah Uh, that answer your question i'm not sure if that answered your question but locally and and then they bring in uh people that i mean new jersey has such a connection to celebrities and famous people and famous filmmakers so they try and and blend the two so the the gsff garden state film festival has really tried to maintain a a local angle to it aspect to it while bringing in you know people from new york and la and and places in between so yeah were, were you always involved in film before that or did you come to it just as a fan and then like the story spoke to you? Yeah. So now you're going to get me talking about how old I am. So I graduated. <laughs> do you, if you really want to under, if you really want to know oh, this. On, I graduated. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, is this video or just audio? It's just going to be audio. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, cool. 
because I have this t-shirt on. Anyway. Yeah, we, we uh, all, yeah. Full disclosure, everyone listening, we're all wearing t-shirts right now. <laughs> you are wearing something, but of course, whenever you come to Boston. Yeah, well, my wife said to me, are you going to wear that red t-shirt? And I said, <laughs> I don't know if it's audio video, but anyway. For, for the record, it's a tux, for the record. <laughs> right, thank you. So I went to school uh, for uh, television and radio uh, at Seton Hall University many, 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 many years ago. And, uh, and then was one of the pioneers working in the cable television industry when it first started mm -hmm. out. And uh, uh, so I've been working in, in mostly cable television and broadcast TV uh, for many years. I started uh, RUTV, which was Rutgers University Television. Oh, wow. And then I opened up my own production company, RJK Media, and and migrated over to doing mostly corporate or what we call industrial uh, video production for clients um and then from there made some short films I, oh i went for my master's at monmouth university got my master's in corporate communications and for my thesis i did my first film and it was a film about uh it was a documentary about how uh and it was for Monmouth Medical Center, which is now part of uh, RWJ Medical. You know, everybody's, it's a big, huge conglomerate now. But uh, back in, in, in those times when I was in grad school, uh, I did a film called um, Silence is Not Golden, which was a film about how you talk to kids who are diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. So that was my first film. And then from there, then I made I made Love Wins, and now I'm working on, on my third film. And I also have a full time job because, as many of us know, you can't make a living sometimes just being filmmakers. Yeah. So we have to have full time jobs. And I'm proud to say I work for the New Jersey School Boards Association in Trenton, and I do all of their film and, and video content. And what is that? What is the association? The association is made up every board of education member in the state of New Jersey. So in your local town, whoever's on your board of ed is part of our association. And when someone gets elected to the board, you know, many people don't even know what to do as a board member. So we do a lot of training and promotional videos for the association. That's so that's what I do full time and I'm part time filmmaker. Would I like to switch the two? Absolutely, mm. but it's you know, got you guys know. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Going back to Love Wins though, um, how did you uh, find the sub the subjects, uh, Emily and Jan? How did you find them, and like, how did you hear about their story, and how did that all kind of come into your world? Okay, so my wife Luann uh, was one of the founding members of a group called Garden State Equality which is the premier advocacy group for LGBT people in the state of New Jersey. Uh, look, think of it as the HRC, Human Rights Campaign, which is a national organization. Well, Garden State Equality is the organization that's based here in, in New Jersey. So she's one of the founding members and she, uh, I could go on for the whole time that I'm on here <laughs> telling her, her accolades and I'm proud, proud to do that. Uh, she is co-author of the New Jersey anti-bullying bill. Uh, so she's got quite an extensive resume. And through her association with Garden State Equality, uh, when back in the in 20, I'm going to get my dates wrong, I know it, but I, th I think it was 2013, 
2013 when we were marching on Trenton to try and get marriage equality. Because remember, yeah, if you don't remember, but uh, we first had a domestic partnership, mm-hmm. right? Then it went to civil unions. And then when it went to uh, marriage equality, the governor vetoed it. Right. So, and it wasn't until the federal Supreme Court decision was, yeah. was, was, was made that we all got marriage equality. Well, my, my wife and Jan and Emily, who are the two women that are, are, are featured in my film, uh, we all marched on Trenton together for, you know, for years trying to, trying to get a marriage equality. And Jan and Em were, uh, um, at the time, they were in their 80s. Uh, they're now, well, Emily passed away, sadly. Uh, Jan is now 87. Uh, but back in the day, no, so she was younger than 87. I'm terrible at math, which is why I went into filmmaking. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so let's skip the math part. But in any event, uh, I met Jan and Em through Luann's work in advocacy with Garden State Equality. And then uh, subsequent to that, uh, when civil unions came by, Oh, and then marriage equality finally became law of the land. We were invited to their wedding. And, uh, you know, and I tell this story quite a bit, so I'm I'm not, you know, afraid that they're going to hear, she's going to, Jan's going to hear this, but I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go to the wedding because I hate weddings and, you know, just too much. So, but I went anyway. And um, uh, the minute I saw two 80 year old women walking down the aisle in front of their family and friends, I said, I got to do a film on this. And I had just come off of uh, producing and writing and editing the film um, uh, uh, that I had done for, for Mom's Medical and Robert Wood Johnson. And so I went up to them at the wedding, at the reception. I, and I had, I, I mean, I was bawling. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up to them at the reception and I said, I would love to tell your story. I'm a filmmaker. I just finished one film. I want, I'm looking for another topic for another film. Would you be willing? And they said, and if I can quote them directly, we're, we're not, this is PG or R rated. Oh, it could oh, be no, anything. Yeah. All, all letters. All, well, yeah. All right. Well, they all said, well, actually yeah. Jan said to me, what the fuck do you want to do with two 80 year old lesbians? <laughs> I said, you are the ones that, I want to tell our story because that's their story is my story as well. So I'm a little younger than they are, but you know, I thought that they would be a great representative of, of the story to tell. And, uh, they said, all right, so come over to the house and we'll, we'll sit down. We'll consult with our families, uh, to find out if they're okay with it because you know, you're in, you're, you're invading people's lives. And I spent two years with them making the film. So in any event, uh, they agreed to it. And, uh, and then the rest is history. The film became what yeah, it became. No, it, it, it's a beautiful story. And you like, you tell, you tell it very well. And because it's like very honest and like, it shows like how hard it was at a certain point that they didn't even say that in the film, I think. Um, mm-hmm. and like, I think it makes it even the more beautiful because it's like, wow, in order to get this thing, in order to get this love, you go through all the hardships of it. And then yeah. Like, especially for them too, you know, for like, how, and like, you know, there's a lot of different ways, you know? So like, what was the thing about like the actual like, production, like while you were making it, that surprised you about their story or just about the experience of making it? Well, the story that I wanted to tell, as I said before, is, is I wanted to represent, wanted it to represent my story as well as many 
of us other uh, women that grew up and 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 came out you know i hate that term uh, during a time when uh you know doing so was considered taboo i mean we all lived in that closet the proverbial closet we didn't uh, so i i thought that they would make a great they would serve as a great representation of of all of us and they had such character and and personality that i just thought they, they were like right out of central casting as as far as i was concerned mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, so that's, I don't, did I answer your question? <laughs> I answer your question. Yes, 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 you did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Just curious if you could take me back, how was it growing up where you grew up? How was it with your, um, I mean, you don't have to divulge anything you don't want to, but things with school, things with like, just how was your personal experience? Okay. Well, first of all, I would love any opportunity to divulge everything about, that period in time, because I, I think there are people that I had w- had friendships with along the way that never really realized what my struggle was, our struggle was. I mean, Luann and I have been together. Next week, we're going to be celebrating 40 years together. Oh, my God. Wow. I know. Amazing. And two days ago, uh, we celebrated our ninth wedding anniversary. Very cool. Um, so, you know, th- th- that... Growing up, well, growing up. So from the time that I was in college, uh, we Luann and I, well, here's the kicker. Luann and I went to elementary school together. Oh, wow. oh my goodness. We've oh. known each other since third grade. Oh. We grew up in the same neighborhood. Oh, my God. But then when we were both in high school, we had boyfriends. And we did that whole thing. And then after, uh, dated guys in college. And then when we re-met at 26 and 27 years of age, uh, we, we got together. So, but when we got together, you know, at 26, I, had, I, was, I was at my first job out of college still, but I was completely in the closet. The, the funny part about it is that the one gay bar in Essex County where, where I lived was right across the street from the TV station that I worked at. Mm. <laughs> I had the four to 12 shift, which was, I worked in master control mm. in a TV station. They have, you know, they have what's called master control where you insert, insert the commercials okay. in, in, you know, ESPN and CNN programming. So I would work the four to 12 shift. And then at midnight, I'd literally sneak across the street to the gay bar and, and walk in and That's hang so- out. Um, and then, you know, at all the company Christmas parties, I would bring guys and it was just so ridiculous Mm. ridiculous that that's the story I want people to know. And Jan and Emily, you know, that's, they tell that story. They Mm. tell that story in the film. I mean, they raised, listen, they raised a family of three kids, you know, and they were in the closet until 1996 when they moved down here to Ocean Grove. And then they started to to develop a, a, a gay community. So, yeah. Wow. It was different times. Yeah. Absolutely. Different times. And you know what's so interesting with film, and we, we take the film out. I mean, we've been to all sorts of colleges and universities using it as an educational tool. But when they see up on the screen how secretive we had to be, mm-hmm. the kids today 
the students today don't even realize that. Yeah. And that's the, that's the story that needs to be told. Yeah. So that's, 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 yeah. that's why I made, that's why I made the film. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause history is important, you know, and it's like, it's like when you're born to a world and things are already like in a certain way and they're better in certain ways that it's like, it, unless you know about what happened before, it's like hard to like truly appreciate what had to get done in order for things to yeah. change. Yeah. I mean, you know, kids, students, I keep saying kids, students would come up to us and, and say, what, or say to Jan and Emily, you know, what, what, what do you mean you couldn't hold hands? Like, hold hands. Luann and I, Luann and my rule uh, back when when we were together, but we were still in the closet, mm-hmm. was that the only time we could hold hands or show or be any kind of like demonstrative to one another, <laughs> this was our our unspoken rule, was if we were in a hospital visiting a sick per- person or at a funeral. Mm-hmm. Right after that, you couldn't you couldn't touch couldn't touch each other. How crazy was that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So now you you're becoming part of the representation in media, and like with that film, and like you're dating some or you're married to somebody who is yeah. trying to be representation in politics. Uh, who was some of the early representation that really like connected with you, or were there really no role models in that way? Like, were there people you started to seek out and like? music or like literature that like you figured it out and maybe it was kept away from you a little bit or was it just kind of seeking out gay friends and then that's when it kind of happened was you were the culture yeah we we were the culture i mean back in in those times oh my god i sound ancient by saying that but (laughs) back then you know uh, any any kind of cultural icons that we had like billy jean king she was totally in the closet yeah I uh, I shot I actually produced a tennis match that she was in. Oh wow! She was totally in the closet, and I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, <laughs> we all we all knew. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we created our own community, and somehow we found our own community, and that's actually what my the film that I'm working on now is 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 tells that story, or is I'm trying to tell that story. It's just been very challenging uh, with the pandemic and everything, but that's over, or I think it's over. Hopefully it's over. But yeah, we created our own communities and somehow we found each other and we found each other through gay bars and softball leagues. You know, this the typical lesbian story. story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fact, it is that's interesting how- that you had to do it in person and people, there's no like, now people can put it on their social media as what their pronouns are. People can put it, like, I feel like it is a little bit more uh, obvious or it is, or they're more comfortable with not necessarily labeling, but just comfortable with telling you, this is who I am. You can't tell me otherwise. Um, And now people are seeking out, there's so many different Facebook groups or there's so many different, like so many different sectors in New York City where you can go and find a collective. But of course in your time, yeah, it's kind of just like, you know, if it, you know, an unex- you know, accidental surprise or de- like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, in college, I kind of got a sense, like I would see somebody that I maybe thought was gay and, you know, kind of gravitated to them, but surprisingly, and, you know, I'm not ashamed to say it, it was a huge gay community at Seton Hall University. Huge. Oh yeah. yeah. That I mean, they're probably flipping out that, you know, somebody's saying that, but it was true. <laughs> really? you know, but it, it was, and, you know, faculty members too. Yeah. Mm. 
yeah. And, you know, we all kind of found, yeah. found one another. You all used your gay spidey senses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. You're, so. uh, just going back to your uh, first film that you uh, touched on, The Silence is Not Golden Film. Do you feel like you've always been comfortable like navigating emotional situations with people in your life? Because like that's a very tough situation, and like with the two films that you've done, those are very uh, like could be emotionally charged topics. Like, have you always been somebody people could confide in, or, and or is that something you had to work to? Was like getting comfortable with these very vulnerable situations? Yeah, I, I actually that's a great question. Um, I actually think that I somehow had this an innate ability to 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 talk to people and you know my mom and dad always told me i asked way too many questions <laughs> um, you know even when i was a little kid so that was just something that came naturally to me and um you know if, if i had to rate whatever talents i may have i think that's probably curiosity one of the better ones yeah because i, I mean it's heartfelt curiosity you know it's not like it's not fake like i really want to know your story and you know, you guys know it. That's what that's what filmmaking is. Yeah, it's story, yeah, yeah. you know. So I feel like yeah. if you don't have that curiosity, it is rather odd as a filmmaker. I'm like, how, I don't know. I, I don't know how that would work because mm -hmm. there has to be something where you're like, oh, this is making me feel a certain way, and now I have to go chase it. Like it, now it, I have it, to peel back the layers and to and whatever. And like you have the skill set to tell people the you know the rest of the at a festival or at a state wherever it is a mat of wider audience what this thing is that they don't know exists yeah. or that because they don't have the capability or they don't have the skill set to do that on their right own. exactly exactly yeah and i've really tried to to hone that 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 skill uh and you know and 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 one of the best qualities that you as in as somebody who is curious and, and interviewing and putting together documentaries and telling stories, the best quality that you can have is listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? That's really the, the best, the best quality so to, to yeah. have. You got to listen so and, and, and feel it, you know? Was there anybody so. else in your family who was creative, who was in the arts? Yeah. My, my mom was an artist. She went to, uh, arts high school in Newark, New Jersey, many, many, many oh. years ago. And she was a talented uh, painter and sculptor. Hmm. Sculptor? Sculpt sculptor. Yeah. Sculptor. <laughs> <laughs> and your dad was what? What was he doing? And my dad, oh my gosh. My dad uh, was, he started out, his first job was in radio. Oh, wow. And, wow. and he used to write, he was a radio writer. He wrote for uh, you guys know who Jackie Robinson is? Yes. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Jackie Robinson back in the 50s had a radio show, um, New York Radio. My dad was one of the writers on his show. Wow, that's awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. And it was funny because my dad lit, uh, looked exactly like, do you know who Phil Rizzuto is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. So, just the fact that I have to ask this question just blows my mind. Yeah. Not anything that for you, it just that's because I'm old, yeah. but, um, my dad and Phil Rizzuto looked exa exactly alike. Mm -hmm. And Phil was a, uh, oftentimes a guest on the Jackie Robinson radio show. And he would come into the, the studio and he would tell everybody that my dad was his brother. So, <laughs> yeah. that's, so that's my dad's claim to fame. Oh. So did your parents know like who you were before you did? 
No, so th- this is this is this is funny. Uh, so my parents uh, honeymooned in Provincetown, Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, do you know what Provincetown, yeah, Massachusetts? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Right. Uh, my 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 family fell in love with Cape Cod when I when before I was born, and then my mother loved Cape Cod, and and so they went on their honeymoon to Provincetown, Mass. And then every year since I was four years old. Every summer, we summered in Provincetown, wow. Massachusetts. So I, you know, kind of grew up around LGBT people all yeah. the time. And, you know, it, it, to my family, it, it, it didn't, nobody blinked an eye. Hmm. So, um, except when I came out. <laughs> and, you know, but... No, you're kidding. Well, it was... Not for anything, but they thought that life would be very hard for me, and they were concerned about that. It wasn't that, you know, no, that's taboo, you can't do it. Nothing like that. It was more out of concern for, you know, how hard life would be because, again, back in those days, it it was tough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once I came out, I mean, my, my, my family was great. My family, I am so blessed. what creative qualities do you think that you have taken from uh from your dad and what creative qualities do you think you've taken from your mom i have absolutely no artistic ability (laughs) painting or drawing (laughs) you didn't say film is art so but no visual that's that's very true (laughs) uh i think i think for my dad definitely the sense of humor Hmm. and uh to look at Look at things from a, a com- comedy point of, of view, mm. uh, not always doom and gloom. Um, and um, I, 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 my parents were very, the best way I can describe both of them were they were extremely empathetic people. Mm. Like they could feel for, you know, the, the other person. Mm. And they were just, they were just good, pe- good people. Mm. Uh, artistically, uh, my dad was was a writer, and he he was really funny, um, and uh, I think my my writing skills, you know, in terms of documentary style writing, came from him probably. And my mother was very creative too. Oh, she was also an actress, actor. I don't want to say a- actress anymore. Got to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was an actor. She worked in uh, community theater. Uh, also competed statewide in, in community theater. So. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, my parents are pretty amazing. Yeah. Can you tell us anything about the film that you are working on or that you are looking to get made next? Absolutely. Uh, so let me j- just explain that I started it right before the pandemic hit. So I had gotten the opportunity to interview two women um and, and uh, do you guys ever hear of uh, the daughters of Belitis? If no. not, that's fine. No. But, uh, you know, I mean, this goes way, way back. In the 50s, early 50s, uh, there, there was a group of women out in San Francisco. And mind you, I mean, you could be arrested for being gay back then, mm-hmm. right? These, these women started this group called the Daughters of Belitis, whereby they weren't into bars, gay bars, but they wanted to form community and they wanted to do it in each other's homes. 
So they, you know, through word of mouth, they formed this group in San Francisco. And the two women are Del Martin, and you could Google them if you if you if you're if you're truly interested in it. Del Martin and Phyllis Lyon. They lived in San Francisco, and women once a month would come to their house and they'd have these community meetings and they would share stories and, you know, they weren't big drinkers and I guess they didn't play softball. So it was just a community group Mm -hmm. from there. That group ended up spiraling into chapters all over the United States, New York, Philadelphia, all over Chicago. You know, if you have the chance, look up daughters of the Mm -hmm. So Del Martin, passed away uh, in 1990 something, but Phyllis Lyon uh, was still alive, living in San Francisco and living in this same house where she would hold these secret lesbian meetings. And I flew out there with my wife in the same living room and interviewed her. We spent like the afternoon with her interviewing her about you know, how did you find community, you know, in this, in this world when it was taboo and secretive and, uh, about eight months after I interviewed her, she passed away. Wow. So wait, it gets better because one of the chapters in Philadelphia was started by a woman by the name of, uh, Kayla Hoosen and, and her partner with Barbara Giddings, Barbara passed away. Barbara is is known for taking the word, working to take the word homosexuality out of the DSM. Do you know what the DSM oh, is? Wow. No, yeah. Okay. Her, along with this guy named Frank Kameny, worked to get that word to, to get homosexuality taken out of considered as a mental illness. Wow. Barbara Giddings. And Barbara's partner was Kayla Hoosen. I find wow. Kay in a nursing home, 94 years old, in the middle of fuck Pennsylvania. She's still alive, obviously. Oh what? And Luann and I drove out there and spent the day with her, and I interviewed her. Oh, wow. So, and guess what? Six months later, she passes away. Wow. Oh, my God. So now the running joke in my in my house is that whoever I interview. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't stop meeting these people. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so, incredible. So, so yeah, so, so the the film right now, the working title is called Love of Another Woman. Uh, I I have those two interviews down. Uh, I've got, I've got other interviews too, not people of notoriety, but more like older, older lesbian couples who have been together, like Jan and Emily, uh, through it all. And just to tell that their story, um, You know, I totally got sidelined with the pandemic and uh, yeah. I was going, I was actually, I I got, uh, uh, do you know a woman by the, an author, a le- lesbian author who from my generation is like the Bible to us gay women, uh, Ruby Fruit Jungle, does that book ring a bell? No. Okay. You could Google that too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a little the woman who wrote it was a woman by the name of Rita Mae Brown. I tracked her down. She's living in, and like I said, that was our Bible. Like when I was 16 years old, I would read that book 47 times. Um, 
I tracked her down and she agreed to talk to me. She's living in Virginia. She's completely off the grid. She, she has on a, on a horse farm or something like that. And she agreed to talk to me, but then the pandemic hit. So I have not interviewed her yet. I'm hoping to interview her. Overall, the, the story that I want to tell, like I said, is, is a, is a story of, of, of all of us, you know, again, you know, similar to Jan and Anne, but, um, you know, the people that from the beginning, this is the early fifties that the two women that, that I interviewed that have since passed away. I mean, we're talking 51, 52, Enjoy the rest of your life. Oh, oh, oh.